Buckle up, it's the Insurance Dudes Podcast. Boom! Boom. Boom. I am super excited. <laughs> How about this you, This is going to be good. Yes. yes. Who do we have today? Mr. Craig. Brian Ahern here in studio. I, I said it right. I don't think you could say that any differently. Yeah, you got it pretty right. Ahern. Well, yep. well, well, Ahern. Ahern. Did I say it not Ahern? Nope. You got it. You got it right. Some people say yes. Ahern, but it's Ahern. Yeah, it's got to be A. A for. Got it. Perfect. Awesome. Well, welcome to the insurance news. A for awesome. Why did you go into that one? A for awesome. A for perfect. So awesome. Yep. That's right. It's uh, I'm just making sure you're paying attention, Mr. Jason. Oh, okay, good. I yeah. Trying. If you're watching on YouTube, instead of just listening to audio, you can tell that Jason is not paying attention. Right. Speed yep. breakers. Speed Let's breakers. Dive in. Let's dive into speed breakers. Brian says that he's ready. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Because there's some new questions. Brian, have you ever had a mullet? No, but I had a tail in college. Oh, yes, the rat tail. Yeah, that's I the old that. school mullet. That's a good one. That was a um, long that's the best. Video. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that dovetails perfectly into the next question, which is Jack or Jim? So, I'm sorry. Say that again. Jack, Jack. or Jim? Uh, Johnny Jim, or Jose? I, Jim is in GYM. No, Jack <laughs> as in Jack Daniels or Jim Beam. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm just going to go Scotch. Scotch. He goes to Ooh, Scotch. Johnny. Most embarrassing thing your mom ever caught you doing? Probably four years old, crap my pants, running up the stairs, trying to get to the bathroom. Oh, good that one. That is awesome. We haven't had that one. I like it. Have you ever jumped out of an airplane? No, not yet. Okay. Best dinosaur? T-Rex. It's the crowd pleaser. How many it's kids? The, the little arms. Yeah. How many kids? How many kids? I'm going to say one. Have, have you made cry? Sorry, please wait yeah, for the whole question. It, it was one because I confirmed <laughs> that with my daughter today. All her oh. friends were scared of me, but she only, only she cried. Nice. I love it. <laughs> Count Chocula or Count Dracula? Uh, Chocula. What year did Marty go back in time to? 1986. That's oh, right. No, 1950 something. That's oh. probably when the movie came out. <laughs> yes. Yes. Pretty close. I think, well, Jason, what is it? 50. 85 and 55. 85 and 55. 30 years. Bonus. What song was playing at the Enchantment Under the Sea when George and Lorraine first kissed? Never saw it, I don't think, or no clue. Earth Angel. What kind of car was Kit? Thought it was a Trans Am? Bingo. It's either, yes. It's either Trans Am or it, it is a Trans Am, isn't it? Trans Am is a Firebird. Well, it's yeah, a, it is. Uh, Einhorn is. Finkel. It's the same car. Where were we? Oh, what country is Hasselhoff huge in? Germany. That's correct. Dogs or cats? Cats. I know you want to end the interview there, but if you saw my daughter's cats, you'd fall in love with them. Okay. (laughs) That is our first cat. They are like a married couple. Watching these cats and their heads turning and and how they play, and they don't require anything of me, so... Oh, well, that's good. As long as they don't require... That's a huge advantage. That is. Dogs are just... Yeah. So much work. What does ALF stand for? Alien life form? That is correct. Yes. You are just crushing it. The the final villain in Ghostbusters. The Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. That is correct. The first person to nail it. And, of course, everyone's favorite, Trump or Biden. 
Uh, Colty Gabbard. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, sir. And what was the first concert you ever went to all the way back to as far as you can remember? Ario Speedwagon. I was a junior in high school. It was down at Ohio University. That is great. Ooh. Ooh, that is good. So back from the Speedwagon into now, how did you get involved in this crazy business of insurance? This is actually pretty interesting. I was at school. I had accepted a job with a department store chain last week of school. I get a, a letter from Travelers Insurance. Knew nothing about insurance. In fact, whatever thoughts I had were all negative. But I went to the interview because <laughs> I think everybody I says that. Yeah, well, I was dating a girl. And so I thought I owe it to her to see if I can get the job because it's in my hometown, Columbus, Ohio. And I go and lo and behold, I get the job. And the first day of work, I met my wife. And wow. So, wow. So if you had not tried to impress the girlfriend by going to get this job, you wouldn't have met your wife. True. And I had to impress her. So I still was having to work through stuff like that. (laughs) You're stepping in some dangerous territory. My wife, when she met me, she literally said, when I saw you walk in the conference room, the HR conference room, we started on the same day. She said, I looked at you and thought, what an egghead. Travelers really got a winner here. Wow. I stumbled out of the gate badly. But the moral of the story is eggs are good for you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. So walk us through Travelers. What was your experience there? It was great because it was first job out of college and it was, it's a terrific company. Got great learning. Obviously I met my wife. I learned just a ton about underwriting. I was in personal and then moved over to commercial, how big companies operate. And from there, then I went to a much smaller company called State Auto Insurance, which is located here in Columbus, Ohio. And got to take that big company experience and bring it into the small company. So I felt like I got the best of of both worlds, but uh, totally, totally positive experience at both places. Fantastic. And then what did that lead to? So almost 20 years ago, I came across uh, the work of a man named Robert Cialdini, Dr. Cialdini, who was a social psychologist out of Arizona State University. And I was so enthralled with his material. When I came across it, he studies the psychology of persuasion and When I started to hear him talk about it, the light bulb came on. I was like, this is the foundation of selling, and this is what I want to do with the rest of my career. And so I started weaving it into everything I did, sales training, sales coaching. I ran a corporate university. Everything I was doing corporately, weaved it in and set up my business on the side. And then two and a half years ago, decided it was time to jump ship and do this full time. So you were doing that for a a company at first? I was uh, working with the field salespeople at State Auto Insurance, oh, and right, then I started okay. working with the independent insurance agents and doing uh, multi-day workshops for them to help them with their sales skills, and from there, moved into the corporate university, and that was uh, after that is when I decided it was time to, to jump. So, not out of an airplane, but right. jump. No <laughs> That's inter- it's so interesting because agents will go in and often not have any experience with insurance, right? They come from another industry, open up a shop, and then it's a baptism by fire. They have to learn the business, the industry, the lingo. They have to learn how to become a manager, a hiring manager, a salesperson, you know, all of these things. And then zooming down on that specific area, there's the selling and being good at selling. And then there's the part of being good at prospecting or marketing, right? Bringing in the people to sell. It's a dynamic to be able to spin those two plates. Absolutely. And unfortunately, most people are simply taught all about the policy and how to talk about the policy. But 
not really taught how to sell or, you know, what is the psychology of selling? And, and when you understand how other people think and behave and you start adjusting how you interact with them, it's incredible the difference that it can make. And that's what I teach people how to do based on the research from social psychology and behavioral economics. So I love this subject. It's, it's definitely one of my favorites to believe everything is. I want to know what were some of the first ahas that you had, especially diving into, I, I thought it was Caldini, but Caldini's work. What were the things that really got the wheels turning and then implementing uh, with agents? Okay. Well, as I said, when I heard him speak, and it was a video from Stanford, he spoke there back around 2001, 2002. And I was intrigued by the psychology because I saw how it related to sales. I appreciated his stance on ethics. He talked about non-manipulative ways to do this. But what really was probably the aha, I'm a very logical person. I started my career in underwriting. You know, things are pretty black and white, yes or no, that kind of thing. And truthfully, I, th I thought sales was a bunch of BS. I just thought it doesn't matter how you talk. Agent just wants the lowest price and uh, customer just wants the lowest price. And then once I started getting into selling and I started to realize a good salesperson can make a big difference in terms of helping you get what you need and then layer on top of that, this psychology that when you look at what the research shows and what a difference it can make when you engage the psychology, that was the aha for me. Like, wow, four times more people said yes to the very same thing just because they changed a couple of words or reframed how they presented that. And I just thought that was so amazing. And I guess that logical part of me wanted to understand the human mind more. And so I started diving in deep in all of that. Yeah, we are so... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go. I was just going to say, we are very, very focused in our agencies on the training of the staff, on constant sales training. It's a daily, if not twice mm -hmm. a day, where we just, we work on little stuff because it's, it's the reps, right? It's not, right. once they have a broad understanding of that psychology and understanding and really buying into the idea, because I know, obviously, if you're working with a lot of agencies, you know that first you have to sell them on the idea, right? They're like, ah, whatever, you know, we just quote them and... And what we find is, especially if you hire somebody from outside, they're usually terrible if they came from the insurance industry as a salesperson, right? Otherwise, they'd be where they were and never have left. So you bring them in, you have to break a lot of bad habits because it's sort of this, I'm just going to quote you, like quote isn't even a word we use in the agency because it's, we're going to have a conversation about your insurance and find out about the coverages you have without getting too far down the rabbit hole because... Mm -hmm. You know, people turn off when they start talking about insurance. So you have to be careful. Yep. But I'd be interested in knowing, like when you walk into an agency and you start talking to that team, you start working with them. What's the first thing that you do as you're observing them? Well, perhaps the most important thing is teaching them about a, the psychology of what we call the principle of liking, that it's easier for people to say yes to those they know and like. Now, everybody's like, oh, duh, I get that. But most people, when you observe them... They don't understand how to put it into practice and right. they focus on the wrong thing. So we teach people some very simple things. For example, you know, when we connect on what we have in common, it is very natural for people to like others that they see as similar to themselves. So always making a concerted effort to talk about or find out what you have in common and make that a, a starting point of your conversations. But the big problem that people run into is they try to get people to like them. Now, I know that the, the principle says if people like you, they're more likely to say yes. But you can come across like a used car salesperson when you're right. desperately trying to get that person to like you. And the key really is do everything you can 
to come to like that other person. So mm. if you two guys really start to say, wow, Brian really likes me, that's where you start opening up to whatever I might share because deep down, we all believe that friends do right by friends, right? And if you right. sense that I truly like you, you're more open to what I share. But because I do like you, what I put on the table is in your best interest. It's not just to make a sale. It's to give you the best product, best service possible. So we've got this virtuous cycle where I'm doing everything I can to like you. You're sensing that. And it becomes so much easier for us to do, uh, excuse me, to do business. I love that. Yeah, that is great. What are some of the things when you do go into an agency that you see that almost every agency does that these are the first few things we need to implement to make a change? Well, one of the things, I mean, right off the bat, when you walk in, you're going to probably be greeted by somebody. Uh, and that person's going to probably be fairly nice, but they should be very outgoing. I mean, think about when you walk into Starbucks, right? Everybody, hey, how you doing? You feel really good about that. And you can get coffee lots of other places and you can get it a lot cheaper, but you usually don't get that same feel when you walk into those places. So everything starts at that moment. I tell people they may not do business with you just because they like you, but they'll never do business with you if they don't like you, unless mm. you offer something that is so out of the box that they just can't get it elsewhere. So everything starts there. And then there are little things that you can do to engage. For example, there's a principle of reciprocity. If I do something for you, Jason, you feel this sense of obligation to want to do something in return. If somebody walks into your agency, and I know that, Craig, you're down in Tucson, right? Mm -hmm. So yep. if somebody walks into your agency, it's always hot. Yep. Having something f for them that they can have like water is a nice gesture, but you never want them to go get it themselves because that doesn't engage the principle. It's when somebody says, oh, it's warm out today. Would you like some water? Absolutely. And that person hands it to them. Right. Right. That's where reciprocity is engaged. And all of these little interactions, the really being nice as they come in, connecting on what they might have in common, handing them that water. All of this is starting to build this momentum that's going to make it easier when they sit down with the person who they're going to start talking about their insurance needs with. Um, for example, you guys ever stay at the Doubletree? You ever stay? Yeah, at I, have, yes. okay. I have. Yes, I have. You know. Everybody knows the double tree because of the chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. And it's a good cookie, but the Embassy Suites has pretty good cookies too. But the difference is when you check in at the double tree, they hand you the cookie right at that moment. And it sets the stage for everything else. When you're walking in and out of the Embassy Suites, you can grab as many of those vanilla or chocolate cookies as you want, but it doesn't engage people the same way as that simple act of presenting that gift as soon as they check in. That's the kind of thing that you want to think about when somebody is going to come into your agency. How can we engage them in this way that makes them feel very different than the, what they feel when they go to another agency? You have to differentiate in that. a very, very red ocean. And it's so powerful. We talk about this all the time with the staff or with the team about all of the little details. And it's why we, we hammer out that it's scripted. It's a loose script, but you, there's certain things that you have to say. And like, ah, oh, some new person, I don't want to say that. And like, no, you have to say that. Like part of this is non-negotiable because it does, it creates that momentum. And you're at the plat, you're at the plate, you're swinging and you have to increase the chances of hitting the ball. And the sum of all of these little details are what create that optimal uh, chance. So what I teach people about, we, I've used the term principle a couple of times, these principles yeah. of persuasion um, that are across the globe, 
uh, as social psychologists have studied this, to one degree or another, humans respond to all of these. So when you understand these principles, as opposed to just a script, you are more flexible in terms of how you can interact with people. So I don't want people to say things exactly the way I say them. I want them to so deeply understand the psychology that they can use their own words. We're essentially saying the same thing, but it sounds completely authentic because it's using the way you talk, Craig, or the way you talk, Jason, as opposed to the way I might have said it exactly. Mm, Love it. Love it. Yeah. What are some things over the phone and how different is it than in person? Well, over the phone, obviously, you can't read body language, even though people still have body language. I mean, they're squirming in their chair or they're shaking their head yes or or no, but you can't tell that. So over the phone, you have to pay a lot more attention to tone of voice because tone of voice is going to indicate where somebody is in terms of their emotional state. Are they really into what you're talking about or are they just dispassionate? Are they bored? Is there something else on their mind? You really have to get good at catching tone of voice. And then it becomes even more important to ask a lot of questions. Because if you can't see that person and you're not asking questions, you don't know if they're just looking off in out the window or what. But when you engage people with questions, even if they don't answer them out loud, they're always answering them in their head. And so mm-hmm. you want to keep somebody in, you, you have to utilize questions. And Jason, to one of the questions you asked earlier about, you know, what are some things you see that people do wrong? A lot of times people spend way too much time telling people rather than asking. And if they ask mm. and that person answers for themselves, now they own it because they are the ones that put it out on the table. It wasn't pushed out on them as advice or opinion. Can you give examples of both sure. and the different ways um, to frame? An example would be when I would work with agents and I would say, what is a reason that somebody's going to want to do business with you? Almost all the time they'll say, because we're local. I'm like, okay, that might be a good reason. But in the world that we're in, where we can do so much over uh, Zoom and other platforms, is that really as big a deal? So what you need to do is simply ask the question, Jason, is it important to you that, you know, if you needed to sit down with your agent face to face for a difficult conversation, that you'd be able to do that in 20 or 30 minutes if you had to? Almost every person will say yes. And at that point, that's where you can say, you know, that's what most of our customers appreciate about us being local, that we can sit down with them if something comes up immediately, looking them in the eye and having that conversation. But the fact that you said it now, it becomes one more trigger for you to potentially say, that's who I want to do business with. And Mm. whatever it is that you think is unique about your agency, and certainly uniqueness is a factor in why somebody would want to do business with you. Because if they can't get the same products or service or combination from somebody else, then that makes you more valuable. But the best way to get them to see that is by asking questions. So I would say anything that you think is a unique factor about your agency, how can you, rather than advertise it, ask a question to get people to verbalize how they feel about it? Mm, Love it. Why is it that the producers will... Maybe they would even know this, but then they'll revert to back to telling it instead of asking those questions. The same reason so many people are bad at golf, because they've had so many <laughs> bad reps to begin with. And, right. and you know, they, they know what they should do. But in the moment, thinking takes a lot of work. And so once you become preoccupied with all the other things, you just naturally fall back to what's comfortable. 
So this is a skill that you need to really retrain your brain and get into the habit of asking lots of questions. And so you talked about, you know, that you continually talk to your staff in little bites about things. You would want to continually reinforce the value of asking questions and getting them to do the same thing. The beauty of it is you don't have to carry the conversation. You ask the question, you take a breath, you let that person talk, you display good listening skills, you ask another question, you let them talk. It's actually a lot easier when you learn how to ask questions as opposed to a monologue. Love it. Love it. It's almost like you're helping them do the thinking for them instead of throwing it in their court and they might not connect the dots. There's a pretty well-known sales trainer out in the Phoenix area, who Tom Hopkins, who likes to say, when you say it, they doubt it. But when they say it, they believe it. Mm. And that's always true, right? When, when something right. comes from us, we own that. When it comes from you, it might be good, it might not be good. But boy, when it comes from me, I feel differently about it. Right. We say right. a lot, help them make the decision, right? You, yeah. you help them along so that they make that decision. Because if they make the decision, they're here for a long time. To be continue. Hey, Jason. Yes, Mr. Craig. That was another awesome episode, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, if people want to get a little bit more action and, and learn how to do uh, write 100000 in premium yes. off of even the worst internet leads, where could they go? They can go to live.teledudes.com. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Are we going to be there? Yes. It's a weekly call that we're doing right now that will – it's live – and it will show you the process, the entire process. Mm, Super awesome. Mm, I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sign up right now, live.teledudes.com. Live.teledudes.com. That's live.teledudes.com. Hey, Craig, there's a new community that we are starting that I cannot wait to tell everybody about. It is our live texting community where you and I are going to answer people's questions and give them free content, right? Are you kidding me? We get yep. to talk to them? Yeah, which is awesome, but they have to opt in. They have to text us at 520-214-2219. That's 520-214-2219. Nice. I'm Craig, are you going to respond to these texts? I'm going to respond to them for sure, live. I'm into it too. It's going to be well, awesome. And it's, a, it's going to be our new texting community where we're going to get back to everybody that we can and drop some crazy content, free content, and free um, the calculator that you just came up with. Mm. That's right. The calling calculator. Sales material. I mean, everything for insurance agents, this is it. It's the best texting community out there for insurance agents. Well, what the heck is that number again? I can't remember it. It's 520-214-2219. That's okay. 520-214-2219. I love it. I'm going to text it right now. 520-214-2219. All right. I'll see you later, Mr. Jason. Bye, Mr. Craig. Wait, do they even listen to this on the radio anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nice. Uh, all right.